Hello my friends, 325 sleeps to Christmas. Time flies honestly whether you're having fun or not. This month we're looking at the economic snapshot the figures for January 2021, the business forecast for February 2021 and I wanted to uh, run this presentation from here. This is the back end of my study uh, where I'm surrounded by my poetry, my movies and uh, for reasons that will make a little bit of sense as we go into the theme of this month's video. There's something as always for my Australian friends and viewers, my American friends and viewers and those of you who have similar economies or economies businesses impacted by those but in particular my focus this month is on the UK businesses because when we dive into the data which we will in a moment we'll see that the UK is particularly an outlier and if you have a UK business then you absolutely want to make sure that you watch through to the end and apply the lessons that we're going to talk about here. So where are we starting? With Richard III. Now is the winter of our discontent. Okay, economic snapshot number 23. And for any of my fellow thespian friends who are uh, already bridling at, at how I've quoted Richard III there, do bear with me as well because I'm sure your objections will be noted and revealed uh, in uh, about 10 or 15 minutes time. Let's as always start getting into the economic figures. We have lead indicator number one of two, active coronavirus cases in your country. As we can see, Australia down a little bit for the week, up slightly for the month. Uh, a few little breaches last time in mid-January, I, I spoke to you, uh, my state, my city of Brisbane, was in a, a very temporary lockdown. Thankfully, nothing we ended up needing to worry about. Uh, my friends, colleagues in Perth are going through that right now. Again, we're certainly hoping nothing to worry about. Borders are starting to reopen again down here, uh, but we're running an elimination model in most states in Australia because we can. That's absolutely not an option for the UK, the US and most countries globally. Uh, and we can see, draw your attention to uh, the UK figures, up 46% active cases for the month of January, uh, end of January versus the end of December. That's a slowing of the speed, but we're absolutely seeing the so-called UK variant uh, being more contagious. Of course, combined with what we knew was going to be the case with a winter, cold winter, and despite the lockdowns that have gone in in January, those numbers are still accelerating. I'll caution you about the exact numbers. This is a, a, a statement, a philosophy that I've shared a number of times uh, over the period that we've been running these economic forecasts here on Don't Waste a Good Recession, which is to remember, we're looking at trends, we're trying to get sources and, and follow them consistently, but ultimately the numbers are horseshit. Here are two different sources. Worldometers, which has been the predominant place for getting a lot of this data. 
the UK government stopped reporting on recovery active cases several months ago. We had to go to Bing and use their data, which we've been using the last couple of months. And if we just compare those two now that worldometers have got the active cases. What we're seeing there is blue line is the worldometers figure. Exactly, these are, these are reporting exactly the same thing. Two different data sets, uh, millions of active cases different. And so remember when we talk about you know, the actual number, uh, whether it's you know, 3.9 million, 2.4 million, whatever it might be, when we talk about share market numbers, a lot of the figures that we throw at you, the numbers are horseshit. There's value in seeing how they're trending and understanding how, particularly in the case of these first two indicators, they are a lead indicator to help you understand what's coming in your business. And we can see in all of those countries, especially the UK and the USA, that active cases continue to climb and that foretells harder economic circumstances in the future for both of those countries and your business if you're exposed to those markets. Uh, of course, dig deep into any of those numbers, you're going to get a whole lot of, of, of horseshit. Uh, you know, global numbers, for example, are only telling us what countries are reporting. Countries are reporting when they want, only what they're being able to test. And so while there's some science researching how uh, many countries, like a lot of the, the countries in Africa, with a lower uh, average age might be experiencing the pandemic differently, part of it could just be that we don't have the data, we don't have the medical testing in some of those poorer nations. Active cases, uh, you know, if I look at that Australian figure there, in theory that should be quite precise. It's not an enormous number. Um, but really, most active cases in Australia are coming into hotel quarantine. We're averaging about 20 a day, even if they were on average having the disease for six weeks. And, and that's quite a long uh, period to be active with COVID as opposed to this long COVID that we're now understanding. Um, that would be like 800 cases. So even that number, I, I think, is a little bit exaggerated. But we're watching the trends and we're keeping an eye on the trends because that's telling us uh, where things are heading in the future. Uh, obviously, active cases will become less important for reporting once vaccination rates come up. I'm curious to see the correlation between those two and how much vaccination rates can actually forecast what's going to come in the economy um, before I jump in and start reading those out as if they're good news for your business. The other lead indicator that we always talk about, stock market performance. Um, I don't like to dump into anything that's, that's less than a 10% swing in one direction or the other. Um, that's clearly what we have here. The one thing I will note is the UK, um, or the US was up, new president, still waiting on that stimulus package that was kind of promised through the election and through the lame duck period and through the election in Georgia that gave Democrats a majority in both houses of Congress, still haven't actually passed that stimulus package. Um, some optimism there. Uh, the UK, however, down for the month and we're continuing to see the impact of Brexit on top of the pandemic. Uh, if we jump into some of the lag indicators, we're going to see that even more. Uh, here are unemployment rates. The UK, as always, reports later than Australia and the USA. So they've only recently given us the November figures, uh, but their November figures were higher than October. Uh, the US was flat in, no, in uh, December and Australia 
improved slightly as the lockdowns continue to ease in my part of the world. Let's visualize those. The first chart there, the one on the left, looks at the unemployment rates in those three economies since um, February of last year, just before the, the March pandemic really spread into, well, becoming a pandemic, something that was going on globally. You can see the US, um, get an idea of how differently the US government responded, uh, where Australia had JobKeeper, the UK had their furlough program, uh, the US focused more on unemployment insurance, unemployment went up as a result, uh, but also the lack of safety net, um, just a, a different work employer relationship that they have there in the US. The second graph there, the one on the right, just looks at those figures from July. So after we get over that initial freak out, um, the stimulus packages started to, to pump in, the economy's there. Because of that fiscal stimulus didn't go into as sharp a decline as was feared, particularly around unemployment, you can see there, the US continued that decline. Australia, reasonably flat, but it's slightly down you know, most months going through that period. The UK, on the other hand, complete horseshit numbers. We've done a video on, uh, you know, the unemployment figures being ridiculous out of the UK. Um, takes them longer to come up with numbers that are even more made up. But you can see they are actually trending in the other direction to the US, to Australia. That's not because of the coronavirus. And if we look at GDP figures, the only new figure there in terms of those lag indicators is the preliminary December quarter figures for the US, which showed continuing expansion, much slower, um, but getting back in towards more normal range of quarterly figures. Uh, you can see there the June quarter, the September quarter, big decline, big bounce, not nearly enough. And even with that December quarter, we're not yet back to the pre-pandemic highs in terms of the overall economy, even though the stock market has reached it. Australia will put out their information, they're quite late with this one, not until March. That's expected to be an increase in the Australian economy for the December quarter. The UK, however, forecasts quite consistently are suggesting another contraction. Some people calling it a double dip recession. I counsel against that because I don't think we've had a period long enough in the middle to really warrant that. But what we're certainly seeing in the UK is these two different factors around the economic downturn. We have the coronavirus recession starting in the March quarter of 2020. A massive down, uh, a pick up through the summer. What we're seeing now, and you can tell by comparing, the US, which is having a much worse fate than the UK around uh, COVID deaths, um, the UK is picking up, most other economies are picking up. The UK, remember, was already drifting into recession at the end of 2019, is now going to be having a Brexit recession on top of the coronavirus recession. And that's why I say we really want to focus on my friends, clients, colleagues in the UK, because what you are going through in this winter of discontent is much more severe than what most other countries are having, and that is... I hate to use the word because, however, I think it's fairly clear in this case, that is because of the impact of Brexit. How is your business responding to the one-two sucker punches of the coronavirus and to Brexit? How exposed are you to those circumstances? How are you responding? All of those questions that we've asked about 
COVID for your business? How are your suppliers impacted? How are your staff impacted? How are your customers impacted? Apply equally to the question of Brexit. Now that we're starting to see some of the bureaucratic reality, what Brexit exiting the single European market is having on so many small and medium-sized businesses across the UK. Here's the uplift that I really want to focus on, however, the practical side of what to do, not just in February, where we expect small and medium-sized businesses to continue to struggle, especially in the UK. But moving beyond that, most people, and I am at last using my degree in drama studies, the Shakespeare studies I did at university, most people, when they remember this speech, they remember the line, they remember that first line. Now is the winter of our discontent. Now is the winter of our discontent. And they latch on to that. It actually sounds, if you just know that line, it actually sounds like Richard III is talking about being in the wintertime. That's actually not what's going on in that play. The very, this is the very, very open. It's the first line of the play. It's a soliloquy. What that actual monologue starts to go into is to talk about how the winter has changed into a summer, a positive summer. And so if we roll out the next few lines, which I will in a moment put my thespian voice on, we start to see that when Richard III raises the winter of discontent, he does it as a juxtaposition to the glorious summer that has followed. And so the challenge for you as a business owner is to acknowledge the winter of discontent that you are experiencing right now and ask yourself, what can I be doing during that winter that is going to make glorious the summer that will follow? We're going to talk specifics about that, but let's, uh, let's actually, yes, let's go straight into what specifically you can do. Um, if your business continues to struggle because of the coronavirus recession, wherever you are in the world, your business figures are far more important than the broader economic updates that we're talking about. But if you're in the UK particularly, what you've got to do is you've got to head to my YouTube channel. Don't waste a good recession. You've got to subscribe, all of those kind of things. But what you're looking for in the playlists is this one here, critical content. This is where I've taken out the snippets, bits and pieces of these videos that I've been doing now for almost a year and broken them down. So you can see some of the key topics there. You can jump into a specific one. How do you talk to customers? How do you do cash flow planning? How do you um, let go of staff if that's what you're having to do uh, because of the, you know, the changes in the furlough program, or changes in the economic forecast, whatever it might be. Um, how do you change a product? Who's in your war cabinet? There's lots of specifics there. Uh, maybe you did watch them back in March, April, May when I was sharing them globally for the coronavirus recession. Uh, even so, worth re-watching, absolutely, if you haven't seen those videos. The critical content playlist, you can start at the beginning, there's a few longer theoretical ones about how recessions progress and how this recession is different, um, and particularly the ones down uh, lower in that list, your bite-sized things to give you some practical things to do. Some of those will start to talk about the transformations you've got to make in your business to get out to the other side. There's some in there around how to know when you've reached the end of the recession. If you're in the UK, you are not there yet and you are not imminently going to be there. You are in the middle of a recession. You need to focus on that. 
And that means going back to basics with your business, understanding your cash flow, understanding your customers and how they have changed as a result of the recession, picking up the phone, having those conversations, staying in relationship with them, even if they're not buying, even if you don't have revenue coming through. Asking yourself the tough question, will I survive the Brexit addenda to the coronavirus recession? There's no shame in consciously deciding that actually you are not. Your business may fail, that doesn't mean that you have failed. Often it is best to shut down a business that is failing, even if it is for those external circumstances, so that you can rejuvenate, you can refocus, and there's some videos in there on your self-care as a leader and as a business owner as well. And hopefully you can see the light at the end of the tunnel and you're going to get there by focusing on the present. One day, one week at a time, what are the little things that you're doing in your business so that you can start to get that momentum and that progress and start to look further afield. The winter of discontent is upon you. The summer is yours to make glorious. Let's jump into that soliloquy uh, in particular. And, and as I say, this is about understanding that the, the summer follows the winter if you do the right things. For now is the winter of our discontent made glorious by this son of York. And all the clouds that lowered upon our house in the deep bosom of the ocean buried. Now are our brows bound with victorious reeds, our bruised arms hung up for monuments, our stern alarums changed to merry meetings, our dreadful marches to delightful measures. Dreadful marches is a good description of leading a business and leading your team through the worst of a recession. Delightful measures do await you on the other side if you can keep your head there, if you can continue to go forward, to do what you need to do and to make glorious. As always, I suggest like, subscribe, but before you go, uh, there's one last little Richard III reference that I want to, to mention here. I've, I've pulled it from uh, my second favourite TV show, not my favourite TV show, which is, of course, The Gilmore Girls, but season three of Red Dwarf, uh, and potentially the greatest Red Dwarf ever, episode ever, uh, season three, episode two, Marone, where they go into Shakespeare and, in particular, this most famous soliloquy of Richard III. That's where I will leave you this month. Stay strong, stay well, don't waste a good recession. That's it then, is it? Toodle pip, King Lear, farewell Macbeth, bye-bye Hamlet. Have <laughs> <laughs> ever actually read any of these? I've seen West Side Story, that's basically Have <laughs> ever actually read any of these? Not all the way through, no. <laughs> But I can quote some, though. Well, go on, then. <gasps> now! <laughs> That's all I can remember. <laughs> What's that from, then? Richard III, you moron. That brilliant now speech at the beginning. Now, something, something, something. <laughs> oh, it's brilliant. Unforgettable. <laughs>